How many knows he's given to you over and over and over again? So much more than any of us ever deserve as far as deserving. I'm glad that the Bible tells us that his mercies are renewed every morning. Oh, thank God for that. And it's a privilege for us to be gathered together here tonight in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. Verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. We'll read down through verses 18. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God, now listen how this all comes about. God hath set. God hath set. We don't get to choose our position. We don't get to choose our position in Christ, and we don't actually get to choose our position when it comes to being in the local body. Now, you've always got people who want to do this and that and the other in the church, and you've got some, I find it such a marvel because many times people who want to do this or that or the other, they're not gifted at all to do it. And some of the ones who are gifted, you have to pump them, you have to prime them, you have to pull them, you have to coax them, you nearly have to beg them. And you think, why didn't the Lord give that to the people who wanted to do it all the time? Generally, Brother Bram says, the man who wants to do it is the man who's not called to do it. Ooh, what a way to start the sermon. But you see, God sets it in the body. But now has God set the members, every one of them. So whether you're big or little, you know, however you categorize yourself, really we shouldn't look down on that. Or we shouldn't look up to and think, wow, I am really something because God gave me this and this. And what choice did you have? None. So if God gives us gifts, what can any of us brag about since he's the one who gave them to us? So if I was going to give away, say, $100,000 tonight, which is a joke, right? So I chose to give you a nickel, you a dime, you 15 cents, you 20, 25, $30, $2, $3, $4, $5, whatever it was. Could the person who received forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, could they say, boy, ain't I something? Brother Donnie gave me 40000 You know, gave him a nickel. What, what could you brag about? Is it not from me? So if one preacher would be able to reach thousands times thousands and thousands of people in his ministry when he's on the earth and affect people all over the world. And God did that. And then another man would be not very much renowned, 
maybe a pastor of a little small church or maybe an evangelist that would preach in very, very tiny small churches. Could the other guy, which is more famous, as we'd say, have anything to brag about? More so than the man that God gives the smaller portion to? No. Should that man get more glory in the eyes of people? He shouldn't. He does, but he shouldn't because God is the one who gives them out. Is that right? Let's read it again. But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body. Notice the way he does it and the reason he does it. As it hath pleased him. So if it pleases God to make you a little finger, that's all you are. Now you may look at that and think, why that thing ain't worth nothing. Well, let me just give you a little preview of what I'm fixing to read to you in a minute. Your little finger attributes 50% of the strengths of your hand. Your little finger. How many of you knew that? You mean the medical people didn't even know it? Brother Andrew, you didn't know that. Now, would we have ever thought that? But I'll tell you what you try to do. You try to do something without it, and you'll realize how weak the rest of these bigger fingers are, the way God made it. So if you're a little finger tonight, we need you big time. But you see, you don't have to be the biggest around or the longest. You just have to be where God puts you. Isn't that amazing that the smallest one on the hand would contribute 50% of the strength of the hand? You mean more than these big guys? Well, that's the way God does it, isn't it? I love him for it myself. How many like to be remembered tonight as we pray? Heavenly Father, we believe you have some wonderful things in store for us tonight. I pray that our understanding would be in enlightened, Lord, that you would open our understanding. Help us to see and realize, Father, that it's not us that places ourselves. It's not us that we can choose from a multiple choice, that I would like to be this or be that or be the other. But actually, the prophet tells us we would save ourselves and you a lot of trouble. If we would go to him who brought us on the earth and say, why am I here? What am I here for? I pray you'd help each of us tonight, Father, that we would be able to do such, that we would be able to give everything we are to the cause of Almighty God and have confidence in you that placed us and set us in the body. So size is irrelevant. How many people we affect is irrelevant. What's important is we fulfill our setting because that's all you require of us. Speak to us tonight from your word, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. Now, looking at the human body in the way that Paul uh, 
dealt with it as we looked at it last week about the hands, the eyes, the ears, the smelling, the hearing, all of that. I went into a little bit more research and study looking at the human body. I've always loved the way that David said it in Psalms 139, verse 14. And he said, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Now, David would not have been aware of some of the things that I'm going to share with you tonight as far as physiology and the scientific part of the body. He would not have known, more than likely, Paul didn't know it because medicine had not advanced to the stage that it is today. Whenever Paul likened the different parts of the spiritual body to the eyes, the ears, the hands, the feet. But Paul could see that there was a great comparison from the natural body to the spiritual body. But what I'd like to do tonight with the help of the Lord is to be able to give you a little bit of understanding in the way that God made you. And I want to help you see who and what you are just in your anatomy in the natural side and look and see at some of the marvel and the wonder in the way that God made you. And then surely if we can look at that, we would be able to see what a great spiritual comparison it would be to the spiritual body. So again, David said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Well, I'm sure y'all agree with me that God don't make no jump, does he? So whether we are little or big, fat or skinny, whatever we are, uh, you know, our race or whatever, uh, that, that sort of thing that we are, it really doesn't have any relevance in the state of God loving one race above the other or one skin color or one person because they're more, you know, more handsome than the other or, or a lady that's more beautiful than the other. But God places him in the body as it pleases him. Now, I find it a marvel myself when I look at the mystery of the human body. I want you to just listen to me carefully. Now, I'll put some of this up so you can follow me along. Based on an adult man's typical volume, you might conclude that the human body contains 15 trillion cells. 15 trillion cells. Now, I marvel at how many there are, and then I got to thinking, I wonder who counted all them to know how many was there. Now, think that your body contains an average sized man would be 15 trillion cells, and yet God knows every one of them. And God put the ability in those cells to do what they're supposed to do. Now, the body is given great power in that it can heal itself. Now, Brother Ram taught us this as far back as the early 50s, that life is a healer. So healing is within you. Satan found that out, of course, many, many thousands of years ago. So what he tries to do is affect the healing power that's in the body and even cause what we know today to be autoimmune diseases. And right now they've got right at 100 that they have named, 100 
autoimmune diseases. And you know what that is, of course. It is a disease to where the body will attack itself. So the body from within the body, the protective system, it will begin to attack parts of the body because it looks at them and it thinks that it's a pathogen or it's something that's from the outside and the body is somehow tricked. So the immune system begins to attack your own body. I mean, understands what that is. Now you realize that Satan tries to do the same thing in the spiritual body of Christ. Now this is why he always tries to use people in the body to bring attacks on people in the same body. He will do the same thing inside the church. He'll do the same thing inside a local assembly. He'll do the same thing inside a move of God that we're all part of. So he will send a spiritual autoimmune disease. Then I'm sure you know it, but a celiac disease, that's exactly what it is. Diabetes is of the same type of thing. Many, many, many of them. So it's an autoimmune disease. So a person that would have a heart transplant, a liver, many different organs of the body, they will have to put them on certain drugs and keep them on those drugs basically the rest of their life because the body will sense that that liver was not part of that body whenever it was conceived in the mother's womb. So the body will attack that liver that the doctors transplanted to save your life. So they have to put you on a drug to to trick the body. Well, you realize Satan found this out many, many years ago that the spiritual body is made very much the same way. So if each of us would find our place in the body and do what we're supposed to do, then we would not render ourselves, our minds, our opinions, our mouths, our different views and so on uh, to the devil to where the devil would be able to attack, say, our, our church or in a family. Now you take a family, they can be the same way. That if that family will run together on the same motive, same purpose, same objective, then Satan won't have anybody to work through. But if he can get one member of that family, and the prophet tells us in question and answers 1964, if one member of that family gets nervous and tore up, then the whole family gets tore up. Why? Because that one member gets tore up. So then it's like an autoimmune disease and Satan will use that husband, that wife, that child, uh, whoever it is, and they will begin to attack the rest of the entire body. So it's the same way in a church. It's the same way in our mood. Now, there's brothers that have been around the message for years and years and they begin to get a superiority idea about themselves. And they begin to think that they have some type of revelation that is superior to most everybody else in the message. So this is where all the major doctrines that have come and have divided the message people over the years, it started with a man somewhere. Well, let me rephrase that. It started in hell and then the devil got a hold to some man on the earth that had an arrogance problem. 
And then that autoimmune disease, that spiritual disease, now whether it started in England or in Germany or in New York or in Jeffersonville, wherever it was, it started with an individual and they begin to listen to an evil spirit. And they become affected themselves. Then if they were a preacher, then most of them are, then they would have to go in among their following and they would begin to attack the doctrines that they've been hearing for 25, 30 years, 40, and they would begin to, from within that local assembly, begin to attack those doctrines and it would set up that autoimmune disease. Then, of course, it never stops with that church, but it wants to spread. So to go beyond that church to another, to another, to another, before long, it has swept the world in a matter of months. Now, it's amazing how the internet is. It's a great tool. But Satan also learned how to use the internet himself. So a man here in America can start out on a false doctrine or an error, and if he gains a certain following around the world, years ago it would have taken that man months or years to be able to go from Zimbabwe to Zaire to South Africa to Tanzania uh, to China to Korea, but not anymore. All he's got to do is have a certain following, and then he begins to stream his, his ideas and his ideology, and he will become another autoimmune disease that will begin to spread all around the world globally in six months, he's covered the entire earth. Wow. And what is it? It is a disease that has attacked an individual and it wants to attack other individuals that are in the same move. You understand what I'm saying? Now that's what happens inside of our body. So what is it that tricks a person that is a celiac? So something within their body, it begins to attack them. Now it's amazing because they don't always understand exactly how it starts because some of them aren't always born that way, but it's like they begin to develop this certain thing. So one day something inside the body begins to trigger. So this person that is, has eaten wheat and they've ate this and that and the other for months or years and all of a sudden it makes them sick and they start breaking out on a rash or a hive and whatever the symptoms begin to be. And they get to where that if they eat this, it can almost kill them. And then they go to a doctor and they say, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, doctor. Well, what's happened? What have you been eating? What's this or that or the other? And then they track it, trace it down and they say, well, you know, it's a celiac. It's this, that. Have you always been this way? No, no, I've always eat this and drank that. It's never bothered me. What was it? Something in the body began to change. And when it does, then it begins to attack what was normal for years and years. Can't you see the way Satan does? Now he tries to do marriages the same way. An autoimmune disease come between the man and his wife and they've been happy for years and years and all of a sudden something will come between them and they're getting attacked on every hand. If they don't put a stop to it, it'll destroy their marriage. It's the same way in a family. An autoimmune disease will begin to attack them and it used to be a peaceful, happy family. They seem like they're all on the same page. They have the same motives, same objectives. How many times have we seen it in families and also churches? Is that right? 
So what is it? Then it's an autoimmune disease, spiritual, that will begin to attack somebody in the church. And they go to run into the church with an idea or an opinion or a doctrine or whatever it is. And Satan will try to get on this one and that one and the other one. And people that they've loved and fellowship for years and years, they get to where they won't even speak to it. They won't have nothing to do with them anymore. Well, that's the same thing that happens in a person's body when an autoimmune disease will begin to attack them. Now, notice how marvelous that we are made and how wonderfully that we are made. So what's this in the human body would contain around 15 trillion cells. Now, if all those cells will stay where they're supposed to be, then they will fight. Now, God divided, of course, the blood to where there would be white blood cells, red blood cells. And we know that the whiter the ones are the soldiers, they give their life for us to be able to try to hone in on a disease or a pathogen that enters inside of our body. And they fight and they give their life to keep you from dying. Well, I believe that there's white blood cells, as we would say, in the body of God. And they watch over us. And they're the men of God that God has called to try to watch over the flock of God. And yet there's also others, and they identify themselves as white, but it's perfectly clear that they're not. They're actually a pathogen which identifies themselves as a white blood cell. And many times the people, they trick the people into believing that they are a white blood cell when in reality they are a pathogen. Now the prophet tells us that all diseases are fourth dimension diseases. Now we know cancer and all the rest of these diseases do not begin in time. Now they can look at it with a microscope and they can say, well, it's of this family and this and that and the other, but they do not have a microscope that will be able to open up the fourth dimension, which is where they start. So a demon comes out of the fourth dimension and it will get into a cell which is backslidden, backslidden. Now it tells us this, of course, in demonology, 1953, also 1955, also 1960, several different places. So a cell that is backslidden, that becomes bruised, as we would say. Then so this, this spirit gets inside this cell. Now this spirit cannot multiply human cells. It cannot create human cells. So it has to find a backslidden human cell. Same way in a family, same way in a church. So then this demon will take this human cell that is backslidden, bruised, wounded, whatever you want to call it, and then that cell will submit itself over under the influence of this pathogen or this demon spirit. Now this demon spirit then will take that and cells have the ability within themselves to be able to divide themselves. You understand that? They have the ability, that's the way you started in your mother's womb. So that cell has the ability. That demon can't do that. You see, there's no more demons today than there was when they fell in the beginning. They started out as angels, of course, and they fell. How many ever that they are, that there were then, there's no more tonight. Satan has the exact same number. So they cannot divide themselves and multiply and then divide again and multiply, but Satan had to break in through the realm of the fourth dimension to break into the body and then get a cell that's backslid and then and that cell can divide itself. Now, those of you that don't understand cancer, you know that cancer cells are different than other cells in our body. 
Our cells have a built-in mechanism created by God to where that they have an on and off switch to where that they will shut off. Cancer cells don't have that. Cancer cells just keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on. They don't have the off and on switch. And this is why that they will overpower a human body. But I'm glad tonight our Father has an off and on switch for cancer cells. Now watch what will happen then in the same way spiritually whenever a spirit, a spiritual pathogen will try to get into a marriage or a spiritual pathogen will try to get into a family or a church or a move of God, then they will start multiplying. And this one will have false doctrine, then they don't want to keep it to themselves. What do they want to do? They want to share it with someone else and then someone else and someone else. You see what they're doing? They're following the exact same pattern that demons do from the fourth dimension into a human body. Oh my goodness, I hope somebody's hearing me tonight. So God made the human body in such a wonderful way to where that it would be able to reproduce itself. God made us in such a place, in such a way that actually our skeletal system is totally renewed in 10 years. You don't have the same vertebrae that you have when you were born. Your skeletal system is totally renewed in 10 years. Your, your outside layer of your skin, it ain't the same one that you've had since last year. It totally renews itself and changes. Can't you see the, the remnants of eternal life are actually in our body now if we knew what to look for? You see, what will happen in eternity is we will go back to eating vegetation. We will not eat cattle. We will not, there'll be no meat eaters there. There'll be nothing that will die. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve would have plucked the fruit off of the trees, and it was not giving their life, of course, and they was constantly renewing. Whenever we go into the paradise of God, we will go back to a body which will constantly renew itself. And the prophet said it this way, that those people living inside that city and they're eating from the leaves and the fruit off of that tree, they are constantly renewing their use. They are renewing their use. It's in you and I tonight already to do that. Oh my goodness. Y'all still want to go with me tonight on this journey? All right. Now watch this. Look, look at something else here. Messages from the human brain travel along nerves in our body, nerves at up to 200 miles an hour. So messages from our brain move along the nerves. Now, it's amazing how that God, when he chose the, the electrical part of our body, and of course we have electrical part in our heart, and we have electrical part in our brain, and the electrical part is what conveys the messages back and forth, so the, the message for your finger to move is not dropped in the bloodstream. So it's not dropped in the endocrine stream or the lymph stream, but it's dropped on the neurological side of your body. So God chose the neurological side and the brain is all, all hooked up to all the nerves going through your body. And then whenever you will think a thought, it travels at up to 200 miles an hour to be able to go from your brain to your little finger or your little toe, whatever it is. There are more bacteria in a human mouth than there are people in the world. 
Somebody passed the Listerine. Wow. Can you imagine that? More bacteria in your mouth than there are people in the world. A human's little finger contributes over 50% of the hand's strengths. A human's little finger contributes over 50% of the hand's strength. I'll tell you what, if I stopped right now and we dismiss, we ought to be able to walk out of this place tonight and say, it was good to be in church. Because you may think you ain't nothing but a little finger of this or that or the other. Don't you look at that and say, well, I'm of no value. I hope that you never look at yourself again the same way. I'm not talking about now in a form of arrogance or pride. And remember, it is him who placed us to be what we are in the body. If a human being's DNA were uncoiled, now listen to this, it would stretch 10 billion miles. Now every one of you sitting here tonight, if your DNA was uncoiled, it would reach 10 billion miles from the earth to Pluto and back. That's just in your DNA. Now you've seen the pictures of the DNA, right? The way it goes around the ladder and all that sort of thing. So it would stretch 10 billion miles from earth to Pluto and back. Oh my, you mean our God did all of this? And you know, to me, it takes more faith to believe that we jumped out of some green pond way back yonder somewhere, some frog or something, or we come from a bunch of monkeys than it did that the Lord God made man in the Garden of Eden. Oh, it makes, to me, it's a lot farther out. How in the world could you and I ever come from some pollywog or wallypog or whatever they want to say we were and all of these intricate systems that are in our body and every one of them work exactly the way they did, there ain't no way. Oh, Brother Donnie, it was Darwin's theory. It was Darwin's baloney. Darwin's theory ain't got no truth to it. The truth of it is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it was God that made man in his own image. Oh my. Notice this, for an adult human, taking just one step uses up to 200 muscles. Now look at all that you have done for your entire life and you wasn't even aware that you were doing it. So tell me how have we walked all these years and we didn't even know it was taking about 200 muscles to do it. You see, it was committed to us. So if there's so much about ourselves humanly that we don't understand and don't know, I wonder how much more spiritually there is about us. Oh, glory. I hope the Lord will open our understanding tonight and help us to see there's a great parallel. Now, can you imagine how complex it would be for us to try to figure out which 200 am I using now? Or which, you know what you'll wind up doing? Falling flat on your face. 
But you know what God did? God committed much of what we do and the way we move and the way we live and the way that we exist to what element? Our subconscious. You know it as well as I do that if you're familiar with a certain set of steps, you can go up and down them steps. Never even think about it. Is that right? But you ever notice that you will stumble or trip when you go to thinking about them steps and you watch yourself. Why? You're pulling that from the subconscious running it through the conscience and the conscience and the subconscious are clashing one with the other. If you'll let the subconscious, how, how do you figure you breathe at night when you're asleep? How do you figure your heart pumps at night when you're asleep? How is it that you figure when you need to go to the bathroom and you're as sound asleep as I don't know what and all of a sudden you'll wake up? Well, it's that other part of your body, the part of your body that said, hey, you need to go to the bathroom, come back, go to sleep. How is it that your heart goes? It's that subconscious. So God committed much of it. It's the same way with our faith walk, that God commits much of our walk into the subconscious level, which the prophet said was faith. He said the Lord Jesus was unconscious of the faith that he was. And he said he didn't think, well, I've got to go see if I've got enough faith to do this. And he said a real believer that walks in that realm of faith, you're totally unconscious to that faith. They say, oh, I'm trying to have faith, I'm trying to have faith. You're pulling it away from the subconscious and trying to pull it up here in your head. But if you leave it into the man in the engine room, he will believe when this man here is still trying to figure it out. You don't have to think about how your heart's gonna do this and that and the other. How is it in the four cycles of sleep that you come into the first stage, into the second stage? You don't even really need that much in the third and fourth stage, well, an hour or so, two maybe, and you go into that deep cycle of sleep and you can wake up because you're only there so long. But you'll be there long enough to where you get that deep sleep that you need and you're able to wake up and feel as refreshed as you can be because you're in that cycle. You don't even know you're doing that. You don't even know that your heart rate's slowing down, your blood pressure's slowing down. This is why they say if you wake up two or three o'clock in the morning, it's because your body temperature is changing and your body kind of shivers a little bit. And then it'll bring you from that unconscious state to the conscious state. And then the body will sit there, well now you're wide awake. The worst thing you can do is look at that clock sitting on your nightstand, so they say. So you sit there and you look at it, you look at it, and you look at it. But the best thing you can do is start controlling your breathing and slow down your breathing because you cannot go back to sleep, totally impossible. For your breathing, as long as you're fast breathing and you're nervous and you're anxious and you're watching the clock, oh, I gotta get up in an hour and a half, I gotta get up in two hours. Anybody ever done that beside me? Oh, you're watching that clock, watching that clock, worst thing you can do. But begin to concentrate, slow down, slow your breathing, why? The first con- is taking it away from your subconscious. And your first conscience is nervous and the subconscious says, if you don't lay down, I'm gonna smack you. Let me have this breathing. Let me have this. I'll put you back to sleep if you'll let me, but you won't let him, will you? You're so anxious, you're so nervous, and that's why Satan wants to make us afraid with doctor's reports and with scans of this and that and the other, and we go to thinking and fearing, oh no, oh no, oh no, what am I gonna do? Let your unconscious faith have it, and it will handle it and bring your miracle. 
But if we keep holding on, oh, how will it be? When will it be? I don't know, I don't know. Oh my goodness, I'm getting worse, I'm getting worse. But let faith have it. Faith will look at it and say, it don't make no difference if I get so bad or die. If God, if it ain't God's will for me to die, he'll raise me back up again. That's what faith will do. Oh my. Oh, thank you, Lord. A human skeleton renews itself completely every 10 years. Look at what you're doing as you're sitting here tonight. You are renewing yourself. (laughs) The body can detect taste in point zero, zero, one, five seconds which is faster than the blink of an eye. Isn't it amazing? Wouldn't it be bad? I mean, you're just eating, 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 and it took about 15 minutes for the taste to hit you, and you go, ugh. Isn't it amazing how quick? Who was it that did that? Who was it that gave you that? Almighty God, What you know what I see when I look at this, I think, if God did that for the natural body, hasn't God provided for the spiritual body of Christ as well? That if we would just listen and we would follow the divine protocol of God, how much stuff that we'd be able to spare ourselves. But it's when we break out of the continuity of the head of the head that God places. This is why Satan wants to pull us away from the word because the word ought to be our headship. Every move we make, the things we do, the way we live, whatever we do, we ought to run it right through the word of God. If we did, we'd eliminate a lot of problems. Oh my. Listen, listen about your brain. The brain contains 86 billion nerve cells joined by a hundred trillion connections. 86 billion nerve cells joined by a hundred trillion connections. That is more than the numbers of stars in the Milky Way. In your brain. And who was it that wired all that up? Who was it that put all them billions of nerve cells in your brain and made all them connections? Almighty God. What if the devil gets in there and goes to twisting one of them and trying to contort it and twist it around and try to make you sick? Can't the one who made them in the beginning go back in there and rewire it and straighten it out? It's amazing to me when Brother Brandon would pray for people many times that was blind and he would rebuke that demon that had a hold of that optical nerve. And in one place, he called it by name, Optimus. Optimus. You, Optimus. I imagine that devil got his hide scared off. You imagine being able to peer into that realm of the fourth dimension and either hear or see that demon's name, which we're not even sure if it was ever even called before in the open from Adam on down. Oh my. So the devil will try to affect 
one or a hundred million or 50 or whatever it is of these cells, but cannot the creator which made them fix them. So a, a, a cancer which the, the blood block that comes up through your neck, the way that doctors describe it. There's a blood block by which it's supposed to filter most of these bad things from coming into your body. And this is one reason why they never hadn't done a, a head scan or a brain scan on Erica nine months or so. Because a neuroendocrine that she's dealing with, very rare do they ever go to the head. Maybe half a dozen people in decades. So they've never even done one. And this is why whenever she started talking out of her head a bit ago, that they'd done one and this is when they found those places in the head. And the doctor said that this is so unusual. It should not pass through the brain, the blood block that comes up, that goes into the head. But he said that cell is so small that it's smaller than a blood cell. And it was able to go through there and pass through the blood block. But the way I look at it, if it was small enough to get in there, the Holy Ghost can get in there and root him out. Amen. Praise the Lord. If the Spirit of God made these bodies, cannot he get in there and fix everything in there that's wrong? Can he do it, saints? Now notice God and what a great thing. An adult human body is made up of about seven octillion atoms. Seven octillion. Wow. In an adult human, blood circulates 12,000 miles a day. What a journey. So your blood's done traveled about 11,500. By the time I get done, it'll probably fulfill its cycle. 12,000 miles. Your blood, brother, I sir, your body. 12,000 miles a day. Praise God. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonder why God would want it to move that fast. It's on a journey. It's carrying oxygen. It's carrying nutrients. It's carrying waste. It's got all this going on. So if Satan can slow it down in the body and the blood flow slows down, what happens to us? What happens to you if you sat on your leg or whatever it is and it goes numb as we say? How many ever done that? Or your foot go to sleep? Or your leg? Well, you cut off the circulation. You ever sleep on your side or however you sleep sometimes and you wake up and a hand gone to sleep or an arm gone to sleep as we say? Something has cut off or at least hindered the blood flow. And that's the way Satan loves to do inside the spiritual body of Christ. He wants to slow down the blood of Jesus Christ flow. So if he can slow down the blood flow and slow down the flow of the life and the nutrients of the Spirit of God, then what do we do? We go numb, sitting in a pew. We ain't got no feeling no more. We ain't got no emotion no more. Why? The blood supply is slowing. Come on, somebody. The blood supply is slowing down. This is why we need to keep that blood flowing. Why? It keeps feeling in your hands. It keeps feeling in your lips. It keeps feeling in your feet. 
to where they don't go to sleep. Hey, we're not sleeping virgins. We want to be wise virgins that are worshiping and praising and loving and blessing the name of our Lord. We want blood flowing through our soul. We want blood flowing through our church. Oh, praise the Lord. And an adult human blood circulates about 12,000 miles a day. This is like traveling from east to west across the widest part of the Pacific Ocean. Now, can you imagine 12,000 miles? Carol and I, several years ago, flew on the third longest flight in the world. The third longest flight. It was on a 747. Had some brothers here with us just yesterday visiting the church from South Africa. And I was talking about how terrible the flight was, how awful that it was, and how long it was. Same flight that I had. One airplane, 19 and a half hours. You're not stopping every little city between here and there. That's nonstop. 19 and a half hours. And yet your blood travels more in one day than that jet plane does. Isn't it amazing? You know, I, I think about it myself, and I know you'll think I'm weird anyway, and you're going to think I'm even more weird. But I want you to think about you've got this pump inside of your body, and it's pump, 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 pump. You've got blood running through all these vessels and all these veins inside of your body. Wouldn't it be so aggravating and so annoying if you heard that pump going all the time and that blood going, it'd be so annoying. But think, here it is, this close to you. How come I don't hear it all the time? How come that I don't hear the, the, the carotid artery going up here in our veins, the, one of the biggest ones in your body, and yet why don't I hear all that going through all the time? And it's so close to me. He made it to where all this is going on inside of our body and yet made it so comfortable and quiet. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Who but God could make a human being? Who but God could make such a marvelous thing? Well, let me bring it on down. Who but God could make this great thing called the bride of Jesus Christ? Man has tried to make them. Man has tried to make copies of them, but there's only one creator that could be able to make this mystical move called the bride of Jesus Christ. There has never been anything like it, and there will never be anything like it. It is God's special special creation. Praise God. A human eye can distinguish between approximately 10 million different colors. Now think of the spiritual body. So we have people in the church that's can do this and others that can do that, others that can do that. What if it's all one heart? What if it's all just one big ear, one big eye? And yet each one of them are so excellent in the purpose that God placed them for. Listen to this, a person takes about 23,040 breaths a day or about 672 million 768,000 breaths 
in a lifetime. Praise the Lord. How in the world is it that these lungs can breathe that many times in one day? How is it that I could breathe that many breaths in a lifetime? They say, and my lungs say, Donnie, would you please quit? I need a break. Any of y'all ever had your lungs to take a week off? Isn't it amazing they've been doing all this function for all these years? How many hundreds of thousands, thousands and millions for those of you that are up in your 50s and your 60s and your 70s, how many millions of times have they inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, and not one day off? Don't even take a Sabbath. (laughs) They don't even take a rest, but they're constantly there for you. But do you appreciate them? Most of us don't. Do we say, lungs, thank you so much for being so faithful. You see, if we're not careful, that's the way it is in the body of Christ. We tend to give praise to those that are so visible. The part about us, what are most of us known by our lungs? Are most of you known by your liver? Are most of you known by your kidneys? How do most of us know you? Your face. Your face. And your face, oh my, is what gets the recognition. Your face is what we identify you with. Is this right? Yeah, you take away all those hidden parts that's in behind the face and what have you got? A lifeless face. Oh my, I pray that every lung in here tonight, every kidney, every bladder, or every little toe, or whatever you are, will walk out of here tonight and say, praise God, there ain't nobody can take my place. If I am a part of this assembly, I am just as important as the face is. Amen. Amen. Notice this, you get a new top layer of skin, epidermis, every 30 days. You're faster than a snake. You just saw snakes shed their old skin. Oh, maybe it's that old serpent connection we've got. I don't know, I'm just saying. Look, friend, this is going on in us every day. Every day, these great things, wonderful things are happening. Where? Here. Look around us in our assembly, in our move, in our message. Wonderful things are happening every day. Every day, every week, every month, wonderful things are happening. And we're looking for what? Oh, I'm waiting for a big move of God. What? Now let's go inside the systems. Y'all, y'all okay? Y'all didn't know you was coming to medical school tonight, did you? Let's look at the systems now in the human body. The circulatory system and the cardiovascular. Now for those of you who are medical people, forgive me if I butcher these words. The circulatory system or the cardiovascular circulates blood around the body via the heart, arteries, and veins, delivering oxygen and nutrients to organs and cells, carrying on their waste products 
away, as well as keeping the body's temperature in a safe range. Your body contains about 60,000 miles of blood vessels. Now see, I've described parts about you tonight that the most of you didn't even know. Right? So it took somebody that knew, not me, medical people that knew, I just simply doctor Googled it. And then by them understanding and somebody else studying their understanding, I was able to bring something to open your understanding of how fearfully and wonderfully you are made. The digestive system, an ecostory system, the system to absorb nutrients and remove waste via the gastrointestinal tract, including the mouth, esophagus, stomach, and intestines. Now look at the systems that are going on inside of you tonight. Now more likely most of you ate supper, four, five, whatever time it was. While you're sitting here, these systems are going on inside of your body. Well, you see, this is why Satan wants to take away part of the vital systems that the church needs. And the demon out of hell that gets on many message people trying to tell them they don't need a pastor. Well, come on, preach, Brother Donnie. Or it'll get on them, tell them, well, you don't need an evangelist. All you need to do is just listen to tape. Or all you need to do is listen to Brother Donnie because he's the only one. That's the same, it's, it's the same lying devil with a different lie. They're trying to tell other people all they need to do is listen to a tape of Brother Branham. God never put one pastor in the message. He put a whole bunch of them. God put evangelists. God put teachers. It's God that did that, not you and I. We do not vote them in in that sense of God placed them there himself. God is the one who put them there. And if you strip out one of these systems that we're gonna talk about tonight in your body, you will die. It's the same way. God has got a five-fold system inside the body of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. And it's not tape, 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 tape. It's pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets. Amen. Why? Because God placed them in the body as a system that would work the body. We will never be a well body. Come on, somebody. We will never go into a rapture trying to deny four out of the five. We've got to have all five. You can't choose which one you want. You can not leave out the digestive system and ever live. You cannot leave out the endocrine system and ever live, but God placed them in our human body and God placed them in the spiritual body. If we ever needed pastors, we need them now. If we ever needed godly, Holy Ghost filled evangelists and teacher, come on somebody, an apostle, missionary, we need them now. And thank God if we need them, we We've got them because God placed them in the body, not us. Another system in your body, the endocrine. 
It influences the function of the body using hormones. I find this absolutely amazing because the digestive system has nothing to do with this one, but works together with it. You know, the prophet went through and he described a pastor and an evangelist and a teacher and told what they were. And he said, when they asked him in question answer 61, how do you know what you're supposed to do? He said, well, what I do is I look at the person that's claiming they're called to be this or that or the other because God will always work with his creature the way that he's made him. So he said, if a man's claiming that he's called to be a pastor, a pastor cannot be a flighty person. Hmm? Yeah. A pastor cannot be a man that's so easy to discourage. You'd be surprised at the preachers that I have to encourage to come to church. You'd be surprised at the preachers that I've had to encourage over the years to be faithful to the house of God. Would you want a man like that to be your pastor? Now can you imagine a man claiming that he's called to be an evangelist? He parks his car at Walmart and it takes him two hours and 47 minutes to find it when he comes out. He'd be late for every meeting he ever preaches. He has no sense of direction. This is one, one thing I tell Carol, said, if we did believe in women preachers, I know you ain't one, because Carol gets off of an elevator and I'll tell her, whatever comes instinctively for you to turn, go the opposite way. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Bless her heart, I love her, I love her to death. I've been married to her for 50 years and she ain't never learned which way's the right way. She'll be out there looking, 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 looking. Where do we park the car? I said, you with me, I'm good. So I said, well, what am I gonna do if I have to go by myself? I said, find you a row number, find you something, or you can be like the Arab thing that somebody sent me not long ago, and an Arab man stuck out through there, and there was all kinds of donkeys everywhere, and he pulled out this remote out of his pocket, went this way, and the donkey went, ah, <laughs> So you see a man that's called to be an evangelist, his makeup will be totally different from a pastor. Come on, somebody. That's the same way in the body of Christ that God places these systems. So the blood, the blood, the communication channel, the electrical circuits in the body, each one of them work together. Do you think you need electricity in your body? We've had several people in our church and their heart gets out of rhythm. What is it? Most of the time, the electrical side. So they will have to go in there and what do they do to that heart? You medical people tell me, they shock it. Right? Well, why don't they use some other means? Because what's out of rhythm is the electrical part. So they have to shock it in order to get it back in rhythm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes that's what we need, shocks. Sometimes it's your electrical part that's kind of all messed up. You know, your mechanics is good and this and that, but you just ain't got enough humph about you. 
You just ain't got enough electricity and you need a good electrical shock. I gotta come out and kind of just smack around on you a little bit and I take my jumper cables and say, Lord, I got I'm feeling better. Well, praise the Lord, that's good. But you see, hormones won't take care of that and some of the oxygen won't take care of it. Sometimes we need a good old electrical shock to put us back in rhythm with what God's saying, with what God's doing, with what God's got on his mind. Come on, somebody. Whatever God wants, it's what we want. Praise the Lord. The digestive system. Now, this is probably one most of us are more familiar with than any other. (laughs) Also, the excitatory system, the system to absorb nutrients and remove waste via the gastrointestinal tract including the mouth, esophagus, stomach, and intestines. Now, the endocrine system, totally different. It does with the hormones in the body. Now, this word right here is a, whew, it is a doozy. Mm. Anybody want to pronounce it for me? Integumentary. Well, ain't none of y'all making no funny face, so apparently y'all don't know it either. Integumentary system or, and also the exocrine. Now that's the system that compromises or comprises rather the skin, hair, nails, sweat, and other exocrine glands. Wow. And that don't have nothing to do with electricity. So what if you decide, well, I don't want this system no more. You're going to look awful funny walking around just muscles. You see, if we take away one of these, we die. We die. That's just that simple. The immune system and the lymphatic system defends the body against pathogens that may harm the body. The system contains a network of lymphatic vessels that carry a clear fluid called lymph. Now notice, even as important as the blood is, these have their own route by which they travel. Designated vessels that carry lymph. Many of you know, if you've had loved ones or friends or you've heard about people and they get cancer and they would go to checking what? Lymph glands, right? Why? That's where it will go. And the lamp will try to catch it and stop it. And they'll go in and take out part of this and part of that. You see, this is why Satan hates real good old-fashioned gospel hard preaching. He wants it to be all watered down. He wants the lamp fluid to be kind of watery and weak. And then sin begins to creep in the church. And the preacher becomes afraid to preach anything because he might lose his job. Well, praise the Lord. We need some lymph fluid still flowing through the body, don't we? Now notice the muscular system, which enables the body to move using muscles. Nervous system collects and processes information from the senses via nerves and the brain and tells the muscles to contract to cause physical actions. So what if the muscles got tired and say, 
I am sick and tired of you, Mr. Brain. Ever since I was a baby, you have told me what to do. Whenever that doctor smacked me, Mr. Brain, it was you that told me and I kicked my little T90 feet in my little legs. Who do you think you are, the boss? Just because you're at the top of the body, does that mean you're the smart guy and I'm a dumb guy? Come on, muscles. Well, why don't we switch this around? Let's make the big toe the brain. Let's let it start telling us what to do. You see, God has a system like that in his church. Oh, my Lord, did I, did I lose connection or something? I mean... This is why God sends one prophet messenger to the age. And then he has other ministry under that. And as they say faithfully what he said, then the body will move on. Until you get somebody in there that disconnects from the head and they say, well, I'm not sure that, that the prophet was right on that now. I'm not sure, well, you know what? Our church is sovereign. You have to watch people when they go to saying that because what that means is this. They feel like they have their own little church or their own big church, whatever it is. And most of them, when they go to saying they're sovereign, what that means is they don't go along with what the prophet taught about this or that or the other. And somehow they feel like their little sovereignty in their body gives them the authority to override the word. And where did you read that in the comic books at? Because you sure never read it in the Bible. Come on, somebody. I don't, we are sovereign body, that's exactly right. But none of us are sovereign over the top of God's word. Come on, somebody. No, our sovereignty does not mean that we don't need the word and every word of it. It simply means as a body, we vote in our pastor, our deacon, so on and so on. But every member of the body around the world, this is what makes the bride an absolute phenomenon in that there will be people you and I have never met and yet they are moved upon by the same Holy Ghost. They believe the same message that you believe they speak a different language. They're raised in the, in the jungles of India or Africa or wherever more. And yet when the rapture takes place, they'll stand right there before the Lord Jesus, clothed in the garments of the word the same way you and I will. Come on, somebody. They may be speaking Hindi. They may be speaking Afrikaans. They may be speaking a language totally different from us, but they will stand there blood-washed, Holy Ghost-filled, spirit-fed, amen, blessing the name of the Lord. Why? The same Holy Ghost in America, the same Holy Ghost in Kenya, the same Holy Ghost in Tanzania, the same Holy Ghost around the world, and the same Holy Ghost has got a digestive system, and he's got an endocrine system, and he's got an electrical system in the body, and there ain't enough devils out of hell to stop it. There will be a bride because God said so. I don't care how many preachers say it won't be. I don't I don't care how many believe the sign this and believe the sign that they will never stop God's bride.
life because God himself said, I will build this church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. There are nearly 46 miles of nerves in an adult's body. The renal system and the urinary system, the system where the kidneys filter blood to produce urine and get rid of waste. Well, sometimes we have to have a clean-out system too. I'll tell Carol, sometimes I believe I work in the sanitation department of heaven. I hear so much junk and so much trash, try to help people clean out the garbage of their lives, but somebody's got to do it. (laughs) Aren't you glad God's got a clean-up system? Where would we be tonight? If God didn't have men that knew how to clean up people's lives and how to guide them when they make absolute idiots out of themselves. God's still got a clean-up system in the body. Hallelujah. Some of our young people be leaving sometime early in the morning going up to a youth camp. Some of them might need a little bit of digestive department. Some of them might need a little bit of heart arrhythmia. Others might need this and that and the other, but some of them might need up the cleanup department. They might really need some of them men of God that's gonna be preaching to get down in there and throw out a bunch of pornography out of their life and throw this out of their life. I'm glad God still got a cleanup department in the ministry. Oh, it ain't popular. No, I don't know any preachers that really wants to deal with it, but I'm glad God still got some men. They're not, they're not ashamed to get in there and roll up their sleeve and get their hands dirty if they've got to. Why? They love God's sheep more than they love their pride. Mm. A couple more I didn't say I was done. I was just going to let you rest a minute. Reproductive system. Reproductive organs required for the production of offspring. Now, you know, the sad thing about it is in some of these moves that's been around, I know some of you don't even know them, but one of them, the Perusia, basically saying Jesus has already come in 1963. They don't take communion no more. They don't have revivals no more. They don't believe in a move of God no more. What's the matter with them? The reproductive system's gone. They're sterile. That's why they have to steal members. Uh-huh. That's what they do. Now, you notice a lot of these moves, and you watch, you watch the moves of the preachers that do them, and you watch what they do. They don't have the power to birth people, so they steal people from other moves or other churches. Huh? Look, look, study them. Study every move that's been down through time, and you watch what they do. Why? They don't have life themselves. Any God-called preacher has the ability to pass eternal life. Don't sit there looking at me all bug-eyed. The prophet of God quoted that and said when Jesus said in St. John 14, 12, these works that I do shall you do later. He said that greater work is imparting eternal life. A real God-called preacher has the power to beget children. That's why I've told you before, I'm not interested in trying to steal nobody's sheep from no other church. I don't have to do it. I know how to father. 
Well, hallelujah. I said, I know how to father children. You know how I know? I was taught by the father himself. What are you talking about, Brother Donnie? Preach the word and it will beget his own kind. So we don't have to apostolize people. We don't have to go out here and rob from the church of Christ and rob from the Baptist and rob from here and there. I want in here who God wants here. Is that what you want? I don't have to go around telling people I've never begged one person to come here. I've never pulled on one person. I've never asked one person to come. I've never split no church and ain't gonna start doing it now. But I have the power if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Every God called man, Brother John, has the power by the Holy Ghost living inside of him. If he's part of this body, he has the reproductive capability and the genos of God. Amen. That's why we do not have to apostatize people. We don't have to pull them. Well, let's go over here and see if we can steal some from the Baptist. Let's see if we can steal some from the Pentecostal. No, sir. Let's not do it. Let's see if we can get them born again. If they got a seed down inside their soul and they belong here, so be it. If they don't belong here, I don't want them here myself. Jesus. The respiratory system brings air into and out of the lungs to absorb oxygen and remove carbon dioxide. Isn't it amazing? Same lungs brings oxygen in, takes carbon dioxide out. So the same preacher that can bring you joy can make you madder than a hornet. The same preacher that can make you feel like shouting can also make you feel like pouting. Skeletal system, bones maintain the structure of the body and its organs. Oh my, how wonderfully you are made. And may I say to the bride of Christ around the world, dear lovely elect lady, how wonderfully you are made. No wonder Satan fights these in the natural body and fights them in the spiritual body. We do ourselves and our move a great credit when we try to make everybody like us. Every ministry the same. No, we're not every ministry the same. But what we want to be is have the same motive, the same objective, the same desire. Right? You ever notice and you ever think about it? We'll get into it in a few weeks. Wonder why Paul never did write a letter to the church at Jerusalem. Wonder why Paul never did write a letter to some of the other churches that Peter established. Now the original church, the mother church was in Jerusalem. Wonder why Paul didn't go to that church and preach and hold revivals. I have the answer, but I ain't gonna tell you. I say I've not made you mad now. <laughs> Don't you love him? Don't you want to be whatever God made you to be? If I have to work for the sewer department of heaven, <laughs> praise God, some of them people I pulled out of the sewer and I got mighty smelly with them, we'll walk down streets of gold one day. <laughs> oh my, some of the other preachers, my buddies and my friends and my pals, oh goodness gracious. They're not really in the sewer department of heaven. 
they work for the florist of heaven. They get to do all the fine, frilly, nasty things of heaven. Others of us have to get down and roll up our sleeves and do this and that and anything. God, did you hate me? But aren't you glad God's got different ones in the body to do different things? And you see, this is where we get in trouble because we'll look at someone else's position and say, why can't I be like them? And preachers, if they're not careful, will change their administration. And they'll start finding the edge of where they're supposed to be and move slight right of it just to be a little bit more likable. You never know what they believe. You never know exactly where they stand on this or that or the other because they're not really going to say. And if they're being recorded of what they're going to preach, they're never going to say anything that's going to get them on CNN. Never. I know that may hurt some of you, but it ain't nothing but the gospel truth. So, little electricity, little finger, little toe, little nose, little ear, whatever God's called you to be. Walk out of here tonight with a changed view of yourself. And maybe that brother or sister sitting around you that you just don't understand. And you think, and they don't understand me. Well, they probably don't. But yet if God has placed us in the body, cannot we all work together for one common goal? Let me just share this with you. There was a certain preacher several years ago, and he did a lot of prison work. He come and visited us, and I went to the prison with him some. And that's a different thing altogether, believe me, going to prison and preaching to people of all kinds. And this brother was so critical of everybody that didn't preach in prisons. And I went with him to this certain place, and you're talking about feeling out of place. I mean, I felt out of place. But this man, prior to his conversion, had been in prison. He was a criminal. So he'd been in prison. So I watched him as he got up. He got up before I did. And I watched him as he got up and he started using all these terms. It was about like speaking in tongues to me. I mean, I didn't understand hardly nothing the man was saying. Lifer and two-timer and this and that and the other. I'm thinking, what in the world? But this man knew the lingo that would get to those people that was in prison. And I watched in just a few minutes. First time they'd ever seen him. He'd never been to this particular prison. But yet there was a connection that was made with them people. And I thought, isn't that amazing? That God never put the man in there, but God took him from what Satan did and turned it around to be able to use it. Now here I get up. You know my background. Only prison I was ever in whenever daddy smacked me a few times. So I felt so out of place. But I preached on a conscience being purged. And what I found was I made a connection with their souls, not with their lingo. I don't know how many of them hardened criminals come and give their heart to God. Went to another state, exact same thing happened again. 
And I told this brother, oh, Brother Donnie, people, I'll take a bunch of these lazy preachers. I said, brother, I said, I watched you as you operated like that. I said, everybody's not called to do that. I said, let me ask you this. He's been to our church. And I said, how would you like to walk out here before these hundreds of people that I pastor? And you have to deal with the garbage in their lives. You have to deal with their fusses and their arguing. You have to deal with them when they become dilatory and they won't come to church. One little thing and they stay home and go to Walmart. I run into them at Food City after I've been to church and preached like a horse. And I run into them grocery shopping. They say, oh, Brother Donnie, I didn't know I was going to see you here. I was like, no, you sure didn't, did you? Was you at church? No, no. It's amazing how many ooh ooh people can do whenever they... He said, I couldn't take it. I said, see? So if everybody was natured like you, there'd be no pastors to be able to deal with the same people over and over and over again. Know their worst mistakes. Know their greatest shortcomings. And you see, that's why a man that's not called to be a pastor does not need to be one. Because a God-called pastor can hear your worst mistakes. He can hear the filth of your life and pray you back through to repentance. And the next time he sees you, he can look at you with love in his heart and put his arm around you and feel the same towards you that he did before he heard your terrible, terrible sins. But a man who ain't called to be a pastor can't do that. Do we need them all? We do. Do I need every system in my body? Did anybody think of one tonight when I was describing you that you just decided, I don't want it no more. I'm, I'm tired of it. I mean, I... we need them all. Do we need evangelists in our church? Do we need preachers that'll come in from other places and preach to our church? Do we need prayer lines and do we need men that'll preach in a different way some that might go deeper than others and some shallower than others and some move around more than others do we need them do you need people that don't always go along with you I'm surprised I got so many amens on that actually we do don't you love him with all your heart let's bow our heads Praise the Lord. Wow, Father, what a great thing you made when you made a man. All these things about us, Lord, and probably one of the medical people tonight would know what I've spoken about maybe and know much more, of course, than what I have. But these things go on within us and have every day of our life. And we don't even realize it. Lord, it is so easy for us to judge and categorize. And Well, they're not like our church. And they don't preach like our pastor. And oh, help us, Lord. No wonder the prophet told us not to be cliques and clans. Make ourselves clannish. But to love one another. To be a part of one another. Lord, whatever we are tonight in the body, help us. 
Lord, I, I, I can't say, I'll be honest with you, sir, I can't say I enjoy always my part. There's lots of my part I don't enjoy. I'm sure with every other man. And yet, Lord, the same blood that carries nutrients will carry out excretions. The same lungs that brings in fresh air. And if my lungs would have given out about 55 minutes ago or so whenever I started, I would have not have completed this sermon. So they were bringing in fresh oxygen, taking out the carbon dioxide. All of us, as we have said here, we have in and out, in and out, in and out. Our blood has traveled, no doubt, a couple of hundred and maybe even a couple of thousand miles while we've been sitting right here. All this going on inside of our body, and we're totally unaware of it. Lord God, it makes me appreciate so much how you made us. You're an awesome God. I thank you for my heart. I thank you for my legs. I thank you for my feet. I thank you for my lungs. I thank you for all that, Lord. Lord, then I, I thank you for the ministry. Lord, I thank you for those that preach different from me. I thank you for those, Lord, that you may anoint to go in a direction that's totally different. Not, not, not error. But yet, Lord, see things in just a little different way to illuminate us that we might benefit one another. So we can see from looking at these systems and we could take the restrictions and the limitations of each one of these systems in the body and realize not one system is complete within itself. But you divided the body into these systems and each one, when it works properly, complements the other and keeps all of the systems and the body working together. And what does it produce when they're all doing it? a body in the land of good health. But all it takes is one, one system to mess up. Lord, today from our church, we had three of our, our, our sheep having surgery. Three different ones had surgery today. Lord, they went into the hospital early this morning and knowing what the doctors had told them and Father, thankfully all three from the last I've heard, it went well, the surgery went good, but no doubt they feel so tender around those positions tonight of surgery. And tomorrow, and especially the third day, it'll be so sensitive. And that'll be the focal point of everything they'll pay their attention to. Lord, the brother with a torn meniscus, he'll have to be so careful not to bend his knee and not to walk and not to fall. The other brother having repairs and his hernia, another individual Lord, they'll have to be so careful and so cautious. Lord, help us, I pray, Father, that when we have members of our body, that maybe they're going through a surgical procedure and they need a little bit of special attention, maybe we'll be able to reach out to them, Father. Maybe we'll be able to love and just be a crutch to them if they need it. Lord, just be a little walking stick if they need it to, till they get over it. Oh, Father, we want to minister to one another because who knows next week it might be me in, in the need of a, a crutch. It might be me, Lord, in the need of a little, little help because I had a little surgical repair myself. 
We need you, Lord. Oh, we all say that. But help us not to stop there, but help us to go on and say, we also need one another. One another. We love you, Father. With our heads bowed, before I let you go, I wonder how many of you, you say, Brother Donnie, I never quite looked at it that way before. I want to be what God made me. I, I want to be able to function better in the body. Would you just raise your hand to the Lord? Men, women, boys, girls, young men, young sisters. To be able to function in the body. Someone may need you to be able to help carry them. You've heard the story, I know. Brother Darrell told it to me again the other day. It was told in wartime. Our troops was having to leave this certain place. They was under heavy gunfire. And they were trained and taught to bring their wounded out. But they was bearing down on them. And the commanding officer saw this young man. And he was carrying this fella. This fella he was carrying was way bigger than him. And he said, soldier, drop that man. And then he turned back around giving orders to others. He turned back around to look at that man and he said, I told you to drop that man. The young man kept packing him. He turns a third time and said, I give you a direct order. Drop that man, he's too heavy. You can't carry him. He said, sir, I can't leave him behind. He's my brother. So here was two brothers that were fighting in the same platoon and in the same battle. And his brother had got wounded, natural brother. But he just couldn't leave him behind. It's strange, but we're, we're, we're one of the only armies that kick our own wounded. We leave our wounded behind. We step on them. We find them down, and we push them further down. We're one of the few armies that's been down through time that crucify our own leaders and divide our own platoons. We break ranks. You understand, if this was an army, some preachers would be court-martialed because they break ranks and pull out from under a leader that God sends and will make their own platoon. If they was in the military, in the Civil War days, I'll tell you what had happened to them. They shot them. They shot them on the spot. Look, friends. Don't just look and say, well, Brother Donnie's position is so important. It's not just my position that's important. Your position is important. If God has given you a post of duty, you know what that means? As it was in the army, where, it, where the word comes from, then you're set over a certain spot and you guard that spot. If it's the rear flank, if it's whatever it is, then if you're not at your post, and the enemy comes through and sees you're not where you're supposed to be. That will be the very avenue that they will make their approach and come right in. How many innocent lives might be lost because you was not at your post? It's not just the preacher. 
It's not just the deacons and the musicians, but every one of you, you have a post, a position. You don't answer to me. You answer to Almighty God. Oh, my. Hallelujah. How many wants to be in your post? How many wants to be in your position? Remember one of the prophecies of the last days in the book of Joel, and it was they would not break their ranks. They would not break their ranks, but they would stay where they were positionally placed, and they would not leave for mother, father, no one else because they knew God had given them a position. Oh, my. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Praise the Lord. Take your weapons, friends. Stand at your post of duty. Brother Don, I'm just a lay person. Well, you say that as if though that's not important. That is very important. What good would it do me to study days on end? How long you figured it took me to put together the sermon tonight? How much searching do you figure it took me? Hours and hours on end. And what good would it have done if I would have come and preached it with no one here? You reckon these chairs would have been blessed? You reckon these chairs would have said, amen, I, I want to be that. It's not for chairs. It's not for carpet. It's for people. What makes a preacher's sermon worth preaching? People there to take what he preached and live it and become it. I believe that's what many of you desire to do tonight. Oh, praise the Lord. Sing something for us, Harry. Can we just worship a little bit? Think about the great mystery that you are as you stand there tonight. Now, some of you, as we start singing, You'll start opening your mouth. These processes that I've told you about tonight, they'll be ongoing. Some of you will lift your hand. You don't even think about doing it. You know where it comes from? Your brain. And then your brain sends that signal traveling up to 200 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, this hand goes up. And then that one goes up. And then your eyes will close. Where does it all come from? The command center. You've got to have a place that is the headquarters. If not, this one will go up sporadic, that one will, it'll go this way, it'll go that way. You've got to have a place that is the headquarters. God has always had that. You testify that. The people who say they don't need a head, they're false prophetess and prophets. Their own body is telling them totally different. If you need a brain, you also need a pastor. Your own body testifies of the headship needed in a body. And a pastor also needs a head, which is the Word. Praise the Lord. Can we just worship Him a little bit before we go? Oh, praise the Lord. Well, I'm in this church. Thank you, Lord. It's a glorious church. See, your brain told you to clap. I was born, I had a new birth. Go ahead. One glorious day. Gonna sail away. By his grace, not by my words. I'm in this church. I'm in this church. Come on, let's clap our hands together now. It's a glorious church. I didn't join. I, didn't join. I was born, I had a new birth. 
some glorious day. Oh, yes, Lord. We're gonna sail away by His grace, not by my works. I'm in this church. When Jesus came, He was left out. There was no place where He was welcome here on earth. But He had a plan. For a house that shall forever stand He spoke these words upon this, this rock I'll build, I'll my, build church. my church Aren't you in this church? It's a glorious church It's a glorious church I didn't join, I was born I, I had a new birth Some glorious day Gonna sail away I'm in this church. When Jesus came, he was left out. There was no place where he was welcome here on earth. But he had a plan for a house that shall forever stand. He spoke these words upon this rock. I'll build my church. It's a glorious church. Oh, I did not join. One glorious day. Some glorious day. Away. Thank you, Lord. By His grace, not by my works. I'm Everybody now. Oh, I'm in this church. In this church. It's a glorious church. It's a glorious church. We were born, we had a new birth. Some glorious day, we're gonna sail away. By His grace, by my works, I'm in this church. I'm in this church, it's a glorious church. I didn't join, I was born, I had a new birth. Some glorious day, gonna sail away by His grace, not by my works. I'm in this church. I'm in this church. It's a glorious church. I didn't join. I was born. I had a new birth. Some glorious day, gonna sail away. Not by my works, I'm in this church. I'm in this church. It's a glorious church. I didn't join, I was born, had a new birth. Some glorious day, gonna sail away by His grace. Not by my works, I'm in this church. my brother you're my sister take me by the hand together we will work until he comes there's no foe that can defeat us 
when we're walking side by side as long as there is love we will stand you're my brother you're my sister oh take me by the hand together we will work until he comes there's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side oh as long as there is love we will stand you're my brother you're my sister oh take me by the hand together we will work until he comes there's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side as long as there is love we will stand you're my brother you're my sister take me by the hand Thank you, Lord. together we Hallelujah. will till he comes Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we will stand. You're my brother. You're my sister. Side by side, as long as there you, is love, Jesus. we will stand. Oh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord Jesus! Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah! Oh, children, our God is moving among us in such wonderful ways and so many healings. My brother, sitting standing right here tonight. He stood for prayer just a few services ago. Cancer in his body, holes in his bones. But yet they called me today and said the doctor told him it's like somebody went inside that bone and just touched it up. And the holes ain't there no more. <laughs> That's our God. That's our God. We'll give you a little bit more about that testimony. But let me just tell you, the very same doctor that brother's seeing just happens to be the same doctor that Miss Erica Parker's seeing. So we're waiting for another testimony. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Do we love miracles? Oh, yes. Do we love signs, wonders, healing? Yes. But I'll tell you, one of the greatest things this our church could ever have is be so in love with Jesus Amen. and so in love with one another 
that the devil can never put a wedge between us. Can you imagine what a body? Look, it ain't gonna be our signs and wonders that's gonna bring us together. The prophet said it'll be a paradox if he ever gets her together, but he promised it, and he will. He will. He will get us together. You believe it? God bless you. Service Sunday. Remember the camp going on up in Ohio? Some of our youth will be leaving early in the morning, heading up that way. Just pray for them that God will be with them, visit them in a mighty way. Maybe we can just pray for that right now before we go. Father, you see some of our youth, Lord, going to the camp there, two-word tabernacle. Dear God, we're just asking that you'd be with them. Father, not only ours, of course, but those that are hosting the meeting and different ones from Louisiana and out in Virginia and different places they'll be coming from. Lord, may it be a special time. May it be a great visitation of the presence of God. Lord Jesus, help the ministering brothers that they can go down the avenue, Lord, of whatever the body there will need. Oh, Lord, this makes it even more clear to me looking at the ministry of the Word, how sometimes we need electrical shocks, sometimes we need digestive attention, sometimes we need endocrine attention. We need just all kinds of different tension according to what we're going through at that time. May you anoint the men of God, Father. Give them the direction, Lord. Lord, we don't know how to run a meeting. We don't know how to run a service. Sometimes we just get in a, in, in, in a form, if we're not careful, we think we've got to go this way and go that way for you to move. But Lord, may they just be so surrendered to you, you just take every service. And Father, it may not go the way they think, but that really don't matter as long as it pleases you. Lord God, grant it, we pray. Be with us now, Father, as we leave. Bring us back here, those that will be here on Sunday. May you meet with us one more time. We're looking for a great time in your presence, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the body said, Amen. God bless you. Turn around and shake hands with somebody standing beside you. God bless you, brother, sister. It's been good to be in the house of God. Amen. Brother Aaron, God bless you, buddy. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever ever done singing as you go tonight oh falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever, ever done. Yes, in His arms I feel protected. In His arms never disconnected, no. In His arms I feel protected There's no place I'd rather, rather be Falling in love 
falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever ever done in his arms I feel protected in his arms never disconnected no in his arms I feel protected there's no I'd rather, rather be. Oh, falling in love 